Welcome to Work Chatter by East Cascades Works. We connect talent to opportunity. Here, employers and the 10 counties we serve will learn what resources are available to support their growth. Job seekers will discover the plethora of support available to them as they reach their goals. So let's get to work because now is all we have. Lauren, you there? How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for breaking away. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So let's like walk it through it conversationally. If you and I were at like a networking event, how would you explain what you do? So uh, what I do with OED is unique to Oregon. Work Opportunity Tax Credit Program is a federal program, but Oregon is one of the few states that actually has somebody that performs outreach to employers. And so my job is to go out in uh, into the community to talk to employers, to engage with centers of influence, um, you know, employer organizations, chambers of commerce, and to kind of talk to them about the program and get them started with it. So um, a lot of states will run the program independent and, you know, they can get people to sign up for it, but they're not actively engaging with employers to get them interested in the program. Okay. So that makes Oregon even more cool than other states if we need exactly. one more reason. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, Work Opportunity Tax Credit, otherwise known um, as WOTC. Tell me if you're, you and I are in a networking event and I'm a business owner and I say, well, what's, what is this tax credit? How, what's your elevator for, for that? So you as an employer, you're actively hiring people into your organization And what this credit does is it incentivizes you as an employer to when you're hiring people who have barriers to employment, if you, if you bring them into your organization and you give them that shot, the IRS will incentivize you doing that. And so um, you are probably already hiring people that are coming from these populations. Um, It's just a matter of uh, adding a couple forms to your hiring process that allow you to capture that credit. Okay, so when you say these people and that 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 I probably am already hiring, like what who qualifies? Uh, so there's several categories. So uh, uh, veterans has several subcategories of it. But if you're hiring veterans, there's probably a way for you to uh, get that credit. If you're hiring um, ex uh, offenders, so people that have been justice involved, you're bringing them into your organization as a second chance employer. Um, There are certain caveats that allow you to get that credit as well. Um, If you're working with um, individuals that have been unemployed for a period of time, maybe um, they've received SNAP and TANF benefits as well. There are some categories for those individuals. So if they receive benefits from the state or federal programs, you can get a credit for them. And, you know, those categories are less um, identifiable. So again, in order to identify if those, if uh, new hires are coming in with, from that category, you need to have these forms filled out because we don't want you asking questions in an interview, you know, to identify that for you. We want uh, individuals to self-identify as, you know, I've received SNAP or TANF benefits in in the last year. The program kind of existed in a very limited scope. Um, In the seventies, there was a program that was mostly targeted to uh, veterans and summer youth. It's been uh, renewed by Congress every congressional session since. Sometimes they'll kind of throw things in the package to try to to broaden it even further. Okay, so as an employer, you said there's some forms I need to have them fill out. What step in the hiring process do I need to do that? 
And how do I find these forms? And is it electronic or paper? Like, how does that work? So there's two forms that an employer needs to participate in the program. And again, those forms are designed to um, make sure that the employer is not asking questions in an interview that's going to get them in trouble. First form is the 8850. So that's an IRS form 8850. And that can be downloaded from the IRS website. And then, of course, we can send those out to employers as well. Uh, but that form uh, asks some pretty basic questions and allows the candidate to check a box if they identify with one of the categories. Uh, the, second ca the second form is the nine, uh, 9061. And this form just goes into a little bit greater detail. So it would be filled out after the person is hired. Um, so those two things make up the application. And the most important thing with these two forms is that the employer has uh, offers it to all incoming applicants to an organization. And so then the idea is that you have, um, you know, five or 10 candidates sitting in front of you. They're all equally qualified for the position, but one of them filled out the 8850 um, and, and they checked one of the boxes. So you as the employer now know hey, this person has identified as potentially uh, making me eligible for the credit. And so they're going to hopefully select that person. And by selecting that individual and hiring them, you know, with the barriers that they face, the IRS wants to incentivize that through that tax credit. Walk me through the tax credit. Um, what is the range? How can the employer know what type of um, credit dollar amount they might be able to receive from hiring that person? So there is a chart available on the uh, ETA website. That chart explains what the threshold minimum hours are that they need to work and then um, what those credit amounts are. So it's up to $9,600. And we say up to because the amount of credit that an employer receives is based on which target group the individual comes from and then their hours and wages that are worked. If your new hire only works a couple of months, um, do you still get a credit or is there like a minimum threshold you have to meet before you get a credit? Yes. Yeah, so the minimum threshold is 120 hours. That's for a full year. So if they qualify, they work 120 hours, you're going to get a partial credit. And that's um, it's a little bit less than half of the credit amount. And then if they work 400 hours or more, that entitles the employer to the full credit amount. And how do the employers actually receive the credit? Great question. So at the end of the year, the employer is going to print out all those certifications and they're going to give those to their tax preparer. The tax preparer is going to fill out a uh, 5884 form. This is an IRS form. And along with the wage and hour information for that employee, they're going to submit that to the IRS. So whatever the total amount of those credits is, that gets uh, eliminated from their federal tax liability at the end of the year. So it doesn't come in the form of a check or anything. It's really just a credit off of their uh, federal taxes. What if some extenuating circumstance allowed that their credits um, were more than what they owed? What happens then? An employer can choose to retain those certifications and, and not apply them until future tax years. So that's good for a couple of reasons. You know, if, if you're an employer that, um, like he said, doesn't have a huge tax liability at the end of any given year, you can hang on to those. But also, if you know that your tax liability is going to be higher in a future year, uh, then you can wait and apply them then. 
So it's always credit. There's no instance where I can get a cash back for the incentive. Correct. Unfortunately, yeah. And the way that I describe it is more like a gift card to the IRS. So, <laughs> so they are hanging on to that. Um, you know, unlike a gift card, they probably can't lose it somewhere. You know, it can't slip behind their desk somewhere, but they can they can hang on to it for 20 years, I believe is the maximum amount. Okay, here's a curveball. What if the organization either changes their name or adds a partner? Is it are their tax credits still good, or what? How does that work? Uh, that is a great question. So the tax uh, it's it's attached to the FEIN number of the business. Okay. So it's it's when they submit the application, it's going to be attached to the FEIN. Um, beyond that, I would say if that's the scenario that you're involved in that you may want to uh, talk to your tax professional about that one. I, I can't really give advice on that one. Um, what are some common mistakes or um, items that people get tripped up on when they're, when you've, you know, in your experience with this program? The number one um, mistake and question that I get happens at the very front end. So when I reach out to an employer and I talk to them about this credit, they say, oh, I wish I had known about this sooner. I've already hired a bunch of people that fit this. Um, can I apply for the credits now? And unfortunately, you cannot. So because this is a, a hiring incentive, it has to be done at the very front end of that interaction. The second one is um, not getting the forms submitted within the 28-day window. So from the time that the person is hired, you have 28 days to submit that application in order to receive the credit. And this used to be done by mail, but now it's done through our online system. So it's much easier and accessible to do it that way. But those are the probably the two biggest mistakes that um, people make. Any common myths where, you know, people think they know what this is, but they have it wrong? Um, yeah. So WOTC is typically associated with two specific target population groups. One is veterans category. Um, and one is the uh, justice-involved population. So sometimes when I'm talking to employers, they'll hear Watsi and they'll think, oh, I don't hire people that have a felony on their record. Um, so there's some coaching that goes along with, you know, if you're an employer and you're hiring people, again, you're probably already hiring people that fit into one of these target population groups. Again, coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people have received unemployment insurance benefits. Um, a lot of people have utilized SNAP and TANF. Um, benefits, you know, just to, just to survive. So those assumptions are leaving IRS gift cards, just hanging out on the table. There, yes, there are a lot of them in Oregon. We did about a hundred million dollars in 2018, 2019. There's still a lot of employers though that are not tapping into this resource. I would think now more than ever in our recent history would be um, a good time to jump in because more people are going to qualify that wouldn't have qualified pre-pandemic. Exactly. All of that money that is generated through the Watsi program is money that would have gone to the federal government, but it stays here in Oregon. And so those employers that tap into it are keeping hundreds of millions of dollars potentially in the state that they can use for expanding their business, um, increasing wages, um, adding more positions, things like that. Employers that utilize the tax credit that are actively using it, they're going to see about 15% of the people that apply to a position are going to qualify for the credit. Now, there are some employers that are going to see a much higher 
number that are going to qualify. Retail, for example, retail is going to have a little bit higher turnover. Um, it's more entry level. So you may have um, more folks that are coming into it as a survival job. Those are those are positions where you will probably see a higher percentage of um, applicants that use Watsi that actually um, qualify for the program. Amazing. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for all of this information. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that we should have talked about and that as a business owner, I should know? Finding candidates has become increasingly challenging. So uh, some companies will use the Watsi credit to actually create candidate streams and to get creative that way. So employers maybe are um, actively hiring veterans Maybe they want to become a second chance employer and hire people that are coming out of prison or the prison system, and they want to give them that um, extra you know, chance. Those are um, good ways to increase your candidate stream and get incentivized for doing it. If uh, somebody has questions about the program, they can reach out to the um, Oregon Employment Department, and we have a Watsi unit. There's five people on the, on the team, and we can help you uh, get started with the program. What is that best um, connection? How do I funnel people to resources? So the best place to go is um, OregonTaxCredit.org. And that's our website. And their employers can find our contact information. They can register online. And then they can also fill out um, a form, gives some basic information about their company. And that will trigger um, us to actually reach out to them. And then we can get them started. Some pretty great service there, Lauren. (laughs) I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Work Chatter. Did we help answer your questions? Are there topics you'd like for us to explore? Do you know of someone who should be a guest on this podcast? Reach out by clicking the link in the bio.